And the Oscar goes to. And the Oscar goes to. Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. So what I got? Movies are dreams that you never forget. Well, hey there. This is Russ Matthews from Real Dialogue and my friend and counterpart, Laura Bennett. Hello. And today is The Watch List. So we're back with The Watch List. The Watch List is a movie podcast as a bit of a twist. Uh, we look forward, we look back, and we look side to side at all things about film and faith. Today, our theme is revolutions. Yes. So revolutions. We got to go see Jesus Revolution, right? And it wasn't horrible, which we're <laughs> going to be talking a little bit more about as well. It is. It was great. and at, But also what we thought we'd do is have a little bit of fun. We'll just kind of take the two words, Jesus and revolution. Yeah. And the first part, after we talk about Jesus Revolution, the film, we're going to look at films that have revolutionized the world, mm. things that kind of changed how we watch films and what we enjoy about them. And then finally, we also look at the revolutionary message of Jesus and how it's had such an impact on the film industry that many times he may, he gets a mention or maybe even a look into so many of these films mm. without even being in the film himself. And so we're going to have yeah. some fun with that here later. But we're going to start talking about Jesus Revolution first. You say you enjoyed it. I did. And I should, I know, I shouldn't come out the gate so strong saying like, oh my goodness, it was amazing. But I think there was, there's, there's a hesitance in me when there is a movie that looks at either a part of Jesus' life or tries to tell something right. from the Christian narrative on screen that I always, I go in hopeful because I think, okay, like this is an important subject. There could be something of value in this, but how are they going to portray for one, the reality of Christian life, the person of Jesus, and combine that with the storytelling side. So right. is this going to be a script that's genuinely good? Are the actors going to be really good at coming into the role that they have been asked to play? And for better or worse, that is just how I come to these movies or mm. with, with a mix understand. of hope and caution. And with Jesus Revolution, I genuinely, I got to the end of the movie, and we'll set up what the story is of it for you as well, but I got to the end of the movie genuinely thinking, thank you for making a movie that talks about faith and culture with zero ick factor. There was not a single moment <laughs> where I cringed or thought, oh my gosh, don't do it. Stop talking. Like I honestly was so grateful for their ability to tell a story that's important and also make it in a way that I think Christian viewers can be proud of and want to take friends along to if you're going to do that. That's great. Well, if you want me to, how about if I just kind of lay out for anybody who hasn't actually seen the movie yet or is looking forward to see it, how about if I just kind of yeah. share what it's on about? Because it's not necessarily about Jesus in the sense of his story as mm. much as it, the impact he's had on history, specifically back kind of during the Vietnam era. Specifically, This is actually real history that actually occurred, and it was during kind of the full swing, all of, all the things were going on as far as the civil rights movement and all the hippie culture was happening, especially in Southern California. And Chuck Smith is a pastor of a local church there in Southern California. He's played by Kelsey Grammer, which I thought Kelsey did phenomenal mm -hmm. in this one. He is kind of grappling with the fact that his church is dwindling. But also his daughter, he's about to lose his daughter because his daughter is about to kind of get full on into kind of this whole hippie movement, as they yep. were calling it back the college then. college life. It, kind of the college life and all that. And one day he says, look, if I am ever able to meet a hippie, I'll ask them how this really ha has an impact on me, especially yep. the message of Jesus. Well, interestingly enough, his daughter picked up this guy named, his real name, 
Lonnie Frisbee, <laughs> who picks him up as a hippie who kind of comes back and he has ministry of Jesus on his jumper. And what does it he want to do is he wants to convince Chuck Smith that this is a great opportunity for people to be able to reach into mm. this community that they're really looking for truth, even though so many of them were looking at drugs and other aspects that were really trying to find that in their culture and their lives, that they were really striving to actually look for truth. And in so doing, Chuck opens up his church and it's amazing to watch as a revival occurred, not just in Southern California, but around the world. It does become around the world. And I actually like as well that Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, <laughs> right. plays Lonnie Frisbee. So you've got him him in there. I mean, he's brilliant in this role. And it is such a, um, even though it's a movie that obviously is about Jesus in, to a degree in this movement, it is a departure from the roles that he's done in the past. You don't so, you, so you look at him and you kind of see they've, they've almost played on the joke of that a little bit by having him in this movie, but it's cool that he's in a whole other sort of a role. But I will say, like, I think one of the things I really liked about it was that it picked, like, yes, it's centred on true history within the era of the hippies and all of that, right. but it touches on some really good things. Like you said, people trying to find truth, which all of us, I think, in different ways, we're looking for what brings meaning to life. We're looking to understand, okay, when I feel alone, when I feel disconnected, where do I go for a true, genuine sense of community? What is it that's going to meet that need in me, that void of loneliness that we can have? Where do I find satisfaction for that? And one of the lines that I thought was really key in this movie was when it says people are looking for the right things, they're just looking in the wrong places. So true. And so there's not like a, I think what was beautiful about it is like they're not criticising people's desire for something bigger or the fact that we do have these gaps and these longing longings in life, what they're trying to help paint a picture of is how that Jesus revolution, how that revival ended up giving people the things that they needed because it was able to direct them to Jesus and show tangibly how a relationship with Jesus practically, positively impacts a person's life. That's right. Oh, and, and it's so well written and, and acted very well. Yeah. It wasn't like they just got a pump somebody from the local church to come in and play these different roles. They, mm. they got a really great cast. But I think the two things that really stood out for me, too, about this film that I enjoyed was, one, is that they really focus on this portion of history. The Irwin brothers who have made, like, I Can Only Imagine and also I Still Believe were some mm -hmm. of the films that they've been a part of. They... They really focus on this point in history, but yet if you kind of look out a little bit further beyond it, it's showing that how God can use flawed men. They weren't mm. perfect. They made their mistakes in their lives and even in some of their choices. But yet how in that point in history they were able to really be a, a key part of changing the world for the, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And then on top of it, the other thing I, I really kind of caught, because I think sometimes what happens is that we have to, we feel like we have to lose our identity or who we are um, in this whole process of kind of looking at different cultures and how they are actually able to be reached out to. So you're looking at this hippie culture that they're really kind of focusing on, but yet Chuck Smith didn't really change himself. He no. changed in his view of them, but he just was still Chuck Smith and mm -hmm. also allowing that. And so it kind of showed this beautiful mosaic, as it were, of what the body of Christ really can be and mm. that it's anybody really can come into the fold and you will change internally, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to change how you look. No, and even as well, one of the, I mean, we don't want to, 
yes, there are certain degrees of spoilers within. Oh yeah, no, sorry, we probably said. But I don't want to say too much. But I think one of the things that stood out to me as well was the way that initially in Chuck's church, when the people from the hippie community wanted to come in, in one respect, this all seems so ridiculous these days because you think it's not at the height of seventies culture this was all viewed one particular way. Whereas in modern days, looking back, it kind of, some of what's in there, you think people would not have an issue with this now. No. Why was it such a problem? But one of the things is that the the kind of current church community that Chuck was part of, they're like, do not let them in the building. This is what will happen if you bring these people in. That's right. All of this sort of stuff. And there are some really sweet moments where Chuck uses like the resistance of his current congregation, kind of almost not against them, but it's like he's able to show loving, uh, a loving attitude toward these people and kind of in the face of everyone saying exclude, 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 he's really inclusive. And in one respect, I don't know if they put it exactly this way, but there's kind of this sense that almost the people that are rejected, the people that some, you know, churches may feel uncomfortable with, or the people that we resist, the people that we don't understand, the people we say getting it wrong, they actually can be the ones to teach us so much and give us a deeper revelation of Jesus, give us give us a deeper understanding of the multifaceted nature of God, the people that often are rejected or excluded from Christian community, which I thought was a really significant, really timely thought to be bringing to the table in a culture that does have a lot of like conflict and, and you know, things like that going on. I feel like this movie is going to be something that makes important conversations happen at the right time. Definitely. I think that that's what, even though it was something that happened back in the 60s, 70s era, that it shows how humanity really hasn't changed too much. Yeah. And, and it's that, also really fun too, we should it say. It is. As deep as this movie gets, it is also just really funny at times. Yeah. And it, well, I forgot to mention that this is really Greg Laurie's story. And mm-hmm. he's actually a pastor that's in Southern California. He's had quite an impact around the world since this time, but it's when he was a teenager. And so again, not to kind of spoil it for you, but it's his story story mm. and kind of his viewpoint of kind of how this all happened, even mm. though it went well beyond him and in so many ways. There's things even here in Australia that were impacted by direct, yeah. like, there are direct ties between the Jesus Revolution movement that happened in America and even some of the churches that still exist today in Australia and around the world are from the guys that were involved in the Jesus Revolution. And like even again, at the end of this movie, they kind of explain things to you. They do some of the real photos and, you know, where are they now type things. Christian music was influenced by the Jesus Revolution. There's global church movements, all of this sort of stuff. And I think, too, it was important that they touched on how those movements can have a personal impact on the people that are part of them. Like, they yep. don't they don't shy away from showing some of the negative sides right. of this sort of stuff and what can happen when people are given platform. But I think Overall, they just do a phenomenal job at having a stellar cast, fantastic, genuinely fantastic script, and you just walk away going... I really like this story. Like right. Christian or otherwise, this was a decent movie. I think that's one of the things probably we could probably even say that we really both enjoyed the movie. But then on top of it, regardless of who you are as far as where your faith is, this would be a story that would be fascinating history but also be hard for you to walk away and not be impacted by the story itself. Yeah, and I think just see, I mean, beyond just the Christian context, there's so many things in history where the experience we live in today is so much because of conversations, you know, fights, whatever that were that were had back in the day 
we sort of stand on the legacy of all of these different things. And I've, at least this movie, I think, is going to be something that prompts conversation about that, right? Like, what are the freedoms we enjoy now? What are the things we live in today because of the, you know, the sacrifice or the bravery, the boldness of people that have gone before us? Right, exactly. Yeah, so I think I agree with you completely. I think you should definitely get out to check out Jesus Revolution. If you haven't had a chance to see it, we definitely highly recommend it. And also, it's one that you really could take your friends and family yep. and really enjoy together. And I for as much as we've said about it, we haven't said everything. So no, we, we haven't, haven't totally spoiled it for you. There's still <laughs> going to be it. some surprises you know, in there. Oh, yeah. Just go out and enjoy it. And so, but also, now we're going to go, we're going to look back. We're going to move to the next section of revolution and kind of mm-hmm. looking at films. Because th- this film, I felt like, kind of has had quite an impact around the world. There's people that are actually being affected by this, this story. But there have also been other films throughout history that have kind of revolutionized how we watch movies. Yeah, kind you of know. cinema and society. Yeah, yeah. So it's one that we're, we can see in either how they were created or the time that they kind of hit or why they still have a longevity um, mm. in our lives in so many ways. Are is you going to mention Star Wars right now? Is that, <laughs> is that where we're going? I just, I can feel it coming. I can so feel it coming. I can save it. But yeah, Star Wars is definitely <laughs> one. Well, but you can kind of go through the list because I think Star Wars is one that, that yeah. definitely does have an impact because I mean, I think that there's, there's something about that coming out when it did that it revolutionized not only sci-fi and all of the areas of sci-fi, but also just the adventure, but then incorporating kind of a spiritual element into it mm. with the Force yeah. um, and having probably one of the best villains ever written in history um, beyond kind of the Bible's devil. <laughs> um, but so having Darth Vader as mm. a history, it was groundbreaking in so many ways, but yet it still mm. lives on in so many facets and it just kind of continues on and on and on. And it affects the, I think it affects sort of language across a few different things. Like there's probably, I feel like there's probably the life of a youth pastor before and after Star Wars, (laughs) right? Like once, once Star Wars came out and you could go, guys, have you seen Star Wars? Have you heard of this thing called the force? Like you suddenly had the right things to point people to, to spark a conversation. Like what is that thing that allows you to do this or that? Or, you know, like it, I, it sort of it shaped society in a way that gave people right. an understanding of spiritual concepts, even though it's not necessarily a movie that you might say is spiritual or, you know, that has any link to faith in that respect. I feel like whether it intended to or not, it has given people a language to explain spiritual concepts through. So it's shaped society in that way. But then when you come to the actual practical realities of making that movie, one of the things that really stands out to me is It's example in storytelling and sort of planning a story, right? Like when those films were first made, the the first three that came out are actually the last three and then it's like they go back... George Lucas decides I can't make the movies that I really want to yet because technology. Do we not- really talk about the prequels? I'm not sure if we're allowed. <laughs> Do to we talk really want to go prequels. there? I know, right? Do they just need to be forgotten? But, <laughs> but I, maybe or maybe not. Anyway, I think going. it's that it's that thing that for me they're the movies that make you think of the way creative people conceptualize something in their mind and then how the way they actually put that out into the world is something that is gradually built over time. Like for me, they speak to that, right? Right. Like here's this guy that's got this vision and he's like, okay, I've got to put these pieces together and do this like this and wait for technology to get to here and go like that and da-da-da-da-da. And he's kind of got to put this jigsaw jigsaw together over decades. Right. What other franchise has done that in the same way at that point as Star Wars? Right. Like Marvel, you could say, kind of, They've had yeah. to they've had to map that universe. Well, that's actually what that's one that I would say because you could you can't really pick out now. Star Wars, I would say, 
really was kind of the epicenter of the kind of the beginning. Well, with if you go to the MCU, which I did have on the list as far as, but it's more of the Avengers. I mean, how many franchises mm-hmm. keep you going for over ten years in yeah. over twenty three films that you know? I don't even know if they're going to be able to replicate it again no in, in the same way. In that they just changed how we watch films. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing I love about um, the Avengers, and I kind of point to this is simple but yet brilliant, was how they included the Easter eggs and made it something new and different where people honestly still will sit through the credits to the end because they got to say whether or not I'm going to be able to see. It's almost more important sometimes to see the Easter egg Mm. than it is to see the film. Well, it's it's bad when you leave one of those movies and then you see friends later and they're like, did you you see the bit at the end? And you're like, what bit at the end? I missed it. Like (laughs) if you miss that bit, it's like these little deposits, obviously, of what's coming next. And that that is as much a discussion point as what happened in the movie. Because it was always, I remember like one of my best friends that I watched a lot of these movies with, he grew up on comics and he knew so much about it, like so much more than me. Right. So he would be like losing his mind at the big reveal that just happened in the Easter oh, egg. Yeah. And I'm like, explain it. I don't know. Like, why is this guy so significant? And he would be able to give me the entire reason why that particular character was so significant to have in those kind of moments. And there's just like this, I don't know, a collective excitement around it. Yeah, oh, it is. It's 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 amazing how just leaving the breadcrumbs kind of gets people going and keeps them keep them engaged and part of the whole thing. Mm. But then on top of it, there's been other, there's so many other films. I mean, we could list them off. And you know what? If you want to, put them in the comments down below. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, as far as looking at different films that have impacted history, you can look at The Godfather. It's yeah. been one of the biggest films. I mean, it re- reinvented the whole genre of the gangster film and made it viable and important mm. and just made an incredible film. You've got um, like Jaws. Which yes. really set up Dude. what is now the what we call summer blockbuster. You know mm. that that we never really had a film like that. Also, now made everybody afraid of the water oh, right. in so many ways. And unfortunately, we have Sharknado and all those to be credited <laughs> back to these films. Oh, we need to improve the reputation of sharks. <laughs> we do. Right? We definitely friendly do. creatures. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, I don't know. I don't know. I really want to get close enough to <laughs> know, find out. But the one that actually there, there's also Psycho, which redefined horror films as far as being not only just horror films, but actually just kind of lifting it to being great entertainment. Yeah. But the one that really kind of stands out, and again, funny enough, it's another Disney product, is Toy Story. And the CGI, and using CGI as a means of going and really putting forward a great quality film. Mm. It's just uh, Pixar itself, there for a while, they were setting the standard and setting the new standard for films. And so, and I think they really changed the world in a lot of ways. And even how we do, I mean, how often now do we ever, I mean, it's almost a rare thing to see a hand-drawn um, animated figure, but on top of it, we still love Woody and Buzz, and I, I have a feeling they'll go on for. Of course, yeah, in different ways. Whether they make more Star, um, more Star Wars, more Toy Story movies, or they do spin-offs, these characters do live on, and they're generational, like they're multi-generational. Because I remember when the first Toy Story came out, and it was. As a kid, you don't necessarily appreciate what you're watching. Like this sort of, it was a real turning point between the end of like the cartoon era into these, you know, animation type movies that are now the norm. And we, I don't know if we like appreciate fully the creativity and the actual like the incredible technology that goes into making these movies that we just sort of consume. And you're like, wow, like how do they, there's part of my mind that still totally doesn't understand how it works. Like how do you make that? It, and there's, there is a magic to it. But then it goes back to one of the things you said about Jesus Revolution that differentiated it from all the other films within the genre. Mm. Well-written stories. Pixar used to be brilliant 
at not only having great animation, but they had great storylines. So it sounds and, like you don't think they're as good anymore. Um, you used to be I'm brilliant. I'm hoping. Oh, the last the light year was was a bit of a, a hard one to watch. They're losing you know? their way a little they're, bit. The animation's incredible, but the storylines. And I mm. think that a lot of times they lose their way. I'm hoping that they're actually able to come back with Elemental and the other films that might come in the future. It's not that they've yeah. given up on them, but I don't think that they're nearly as good as they were when they first came out. Because mm. you go back and watch Toy Story, and granted... CGI has improved so much since then, yeah. but it is still a great story. I mean, it's just yeah. one that you connect with, and honestly, you still kind of keep your eye open when you're a child and wonder if your <laughs> your toys are playing around your room some they, way, because you do. You can't think do. about it. They capture the right part of our imagination, but through all of these films that we're mentioning, you know, talking about ones that revolutionize how we watch cinema or just how we even see the world, I think there's a through line in there as well about ones that become continuous talking points like the the godfather is still so quoted it star is. wars still so quoted even toy story like there's these there's these moments in these movies that become part of the cultural fabric you know like if you even i mean did this revolutionize the world maybe maybe not the castle right australian right. an yeah, icon australian of australian icon. cinema that's right and there's part of our vernacular our dialogue literally is anchored within these movies and so if you've never seen the movies there's a you know a whole parts of society, the way we speak, you may not fully understand. But I go, like, what is it, a movie that can so entrench itself into our national identity, our global identity, that's massive. It is. It is. Well, before we kind of move on, because I I could go on on this forever, but I'm kind of curious what film revolutionized you or made you, because I know you love film. Is there a film that you really, this kind of got started for you? I mean, in that surprisingly for me, it's not Star Wars. No, well, this is a difficult question and I cross my arms because I need to think. (laughs) I'm like, hmm, let me ponder this because I, I mean, I always, storytelling has always been what's drawn me and imagination. So even simple things, like when I was a kid, it was like the Flintstones movie and watching things like that or like just... Things even I remember a movie called Fern Gully. Like I know, oh wow, I know the original Avatar. That was the first Avatar. It it? was, but I just I was I think for me it was movies that like both of those are imagine um, imagined worlds. Right, they're not they're not kind of situated in our everyday lives, and I think movies like that, stories like that, that just took my imagination and we went on an adventure. Mm. They always grabbed me, and I think they fed my curiosity. So when I think of you know the movies that really got me into cinema. I don't actually know if there's some movie that was like, this is the one, this has got me curious about it. Like more recently, maybe the Star Treks, like the newer Star Treks and stuff with Chris Pine. Right. They, I think... Well, I think there's something about Chris Pine probably for you. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you think I just like watching him? Hey. Hey, I'm not I'm not judging. Whatever. I'm not judging here. I'm not I judging. I mean, I might have, but it was it was, you know, these I think movies that take you into other worlds right. and and just take you into allow your curiosity to thrive. They're the ones that get me. But I've always loved movies. It yeah. didn't really it wasn't like I got hooked because of a particular one. I think I was just a really imaginative, curious person and was like, let me see where you want to take me. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, that's right. I mean, I still love going into the cinema and I still find the experience of it because I think those are the two things as far as the two films that really kind of stand out for me is one, it was an experiential thing 
of going, and I got to see the original Superman mm. in cinema, but it was on the big screen. I had to be separated from my parents because there were only individual seats because it was so popular. Yeah. But sitting there and just being overwhelmed, you know, as all of the names, you know, Christopher Reeves, Richard Donner, all these kind of coming up. And it was it was one of those immersive experiences that just kind of changed how mm. I saw film. You know, mm. I mean, it wasn't just, it wasn't just a, oh, I, I like that character or, yeah, Superman's so cool. Yeah. No, it was like, it was I was in the world mm. you know they just drew you in and I just yeah. love that aspect and I still find that that's why I prefer film on the big screen yeah. over the little one anyway not that I I'm against little screens no, but I just but love the a, big one it's <clears> also like I think the fun of it too like I always my interest in cinema and film part of it is just because there's something so fun about it like you're the creative power that you have when you're literally making worlds and characters yeah. and stories and stuff that has always drawn me in this kind of a, an inherent magic yeah. to filmmaking that grabs me and then increasingly as you start to look at you know what is this film really saying about this idea what is this you, what, what is this character representing and what is this going to make us talk about socially that feeds my love as well because it's kind of almost this layer beneath the superficial front of a movie where you're taken into a, a deeper kind of thought or even if it's not a serious movie, like even if it is a Toy Story, you still think about things like friendship and our values and all of those sorts of things. And I feel like that's part of the power of cinema that hooks you as well. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, and the other thing too, because my, my second film would be Blade Runner. And mm. the thing about Blade Runner was that it was a brilliant film. Now it's gone on to be like this cult classic that everybody loves. But mm. at the time it was a box office bomb. It did not do well. But it was one of those where I was going, you know, I don't care what everybody else thinks. Yeah. I love this movie. Mm. I went on, Ridley Scott's still one of my favorite directors. And yeah. um, I found that it was just a great story. I love Philip K. Dick books because of the movie, mm. funny enough. And so then it just that, that sort of thing where you go and I don't have to go along with the crowd on this one. Mm. I really love this movie. And it just made, it's still one of those I could watch over and over again. And yeah. still, and actually it was one that I would share with other people going, oh no, you got to watch this movie. If you mm. haven't seen this film, you've got to watch this one. And so it's it's that sort of thing where you almost become that movie evangelist in a mm. way where all of a sudden you're doing the, no, no, you, you got to see this film. Yeah. You got to see this film. That reminds me, you speaking about that, of The Fifth Element. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that one. I, it, <laughs> That movie, I think, shaped me because I was horrified by it. Like, I, I think I watched it a little bit too young and was like, I Probably. don't, I'm not totally grasping the concepts and I just feel so scared of the world that they are trying oh, to yeah. create or suggest. But then you watch it later and you start to appreciate it more. But that was definitely one of those movies. I remember people loving or hating it, but everyone was seeing it right. because they either wanted to be challenged by it and also feel a little afraid or they wanted to just jump on the bandwagon of what was popular at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I think, well, that's fun because you always kind of be able to kind of, you can unpack that whole thing. But, yeah, just kind of going, even Chris Tucker was introduced to that <laughs> film, and I just love it, even though it was so bizarre. So, well, hey, last section we want to mm -hmm. kind of look at, because this is so much fun. We could probably go on and on and on for hours with this. But is that Jesus has actually had quite an impact not only on culture, you know, like in Jesus Revolution and throughout the, throughout time in the world, but also in films. One of the things that because um, we could we could talk about Jesus films, but I feel like we always come back to kind of saying the same things over yeah. and over again, opposed to the storylines that actually have impacted by Jesus's message. Mm -hmm. That I think a lot of times you kind of go, 
why do I recognize that? Yeah. What is it about that story that just kind of stands out for me? And yeah. I think that, I mean, I can, it's easy, it's pretty, pretty much an easy one to kind of go after first is the Superman narrative. And mm. looking at all, almost every Superman film really kind of comes down to kind of a Christ-like figure, the savior of the world, and looking at that. But there's others where, and it's not necessarily that Jesus gets a mention. No. But you're going, I know that narrative, especially yeah. even if, if you know any aspect of Jesus story you just hmm. kind of know it well it's a classic lie in the witch in the wardrobe oh that's right? it those sorts of things but i like i've always thought the christian story is the bible story the gospel it's like the greatest sci-fi movie ever made if right. you can <laughs> you know if you like wow set, i love that that's a quote. it is though that, like if you set aside what you think about christianity and jesus and faith and all of that for a second and just look at the story of the idea the idea that there is god from beginning to end and forever there's this world outside space that he then creates everything into, sends his son, like the life and death resurrection, and then each of us somehow being able to inhabit the likeness of That's Jesus. Right. Like what the actual heck is that? <laughs> and if you made, you know, it, it's perfect fodder for a sci-fi story and for these giant themes that permeate all of these different kind of movies, you know. So if you see things like Superman, you see things like Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe and so many others, it, it is only, you know, to me it's a really realistic thing for a filmmaker decide to, to decide to do, to take themes of salvation, of the hero side of things, which we spoke about in a previous episode, the sacrifice that's spoken about in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which, yes, was written by C.S. Lewis, so he had sure. his faith he background had an intention. there already. He did. But, of course, it's going to make for a great movie because it's the literally one of the greatest stories ever told. It was. That so much of humanity is, well, we are, we're, it's, it's the backbone. Well, and you, don't even, and you don't even have to do the cringeworthy thing of going, oh, no, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. He doesn't have to, somebody doesn't have to stretch their arms out and all of a sudden go, oh, hey. It's, it's really that it just kind of naturally flows into mm. it. I mean, that would be my challenge is to actually, for our listeners, to put the next few films that you watch kind of through a biblical lens. Yeah. And be able to kind of see, oh. Yeah, there it is. I mean, because you can do it. I mean, like one of mine is the the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant is one of my favorite animated films. It was actually still handwritten. It was a Brad Bird film, but he even says I'm Superman. But yet the sacrifice is there, not to yeah. spoil the film if you haven't seen it. Or even like something like E.T. Mm-hmm. Extraterrestrial. You can yeah. look at or. The Matrix, which, of course, everybody can kind of go to and kind of point to as far as as an idea, as far as the Neo character. That was like the modern, I mentioned earlier, like the pre and post Star Wars youth leader experience. (laughs) The Matrix was 100%. That like taps into, you know, the youth leaders that raise the millennial generation. Matrix. It was always, let's watch this at youth and then talk about it afterwards, guys. What themes do we see in this? Yeah, definitely. You oh, know? It's still, well, and the, the first one still stands up. It's mm. still just a phenomenal film. Yeah. And uh, I probably would probably, if I was to finish with this kind of whole section, I probably the film that I would point to almost every single time if you want to see a Christ-like figure, and I'm not just doing the Marvel thing, Yeah. but Captain America, the first Avenger, mm. if it there's the most overt point <laughs> Towards Jesus. Oh, he's so patriotic and rah rah though. Like I love Captain America. He is one of my favorites. But oh well, wow. but but even in the end, I mean, not to spoil it, but the death, burial, resurrection. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just so amazing how and they do that one. We can't go past this part of the conversation and me not mention Violent Night, which was oh, one okay, of my there favorite. <laughs> it was my favorite Christmas movie this of is last a whole new year. Level here. Yes, it's rated MA, so fair warning for those that may or may not end up watching this movie. It's called Violent Night for a reason. But I left that movie 
like just your homework, whether you want to wait till Christmas to do this or do it now, is to watch Violent Night through a biblical lens. Santa is Jesus in that movie. Right, there you I'm go. I'm telling you, I it's they whether intentionally or not, they have told the gospel story a hundred percent in Violent That's Night. That's right, definitely. Oh wow, there you go. So there, there's your challenge. So your next few films, put it through a biblical lens, and also you can consider watching Violent Violent <laughs> Night as well as some of the other ones. But make yeah. mention also in the, the comments below if there's films that you think of when you think of the kind of the Christ story kind of impacting that, and also what you would say if you actually have an opportunity to see Jesus Revolution, get out and see it. So we really encourage you to do so. I, I, we've kind of come to the end of our time. I think. I mean, we have. Yes, we're here. So make sure that you. You rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Of course, subscribe on YouTube if you're watching there. You can find the video version of these conversations on Hope1032's YouTube page. That's right. Definitely check it all out. And we just want to thank you so much for being a part of the watch list for this episode. We look forward to kind of getting together again soon. And we hope you can grab some popcorn, maybe take a seat, and discuss everything about film and face, faith on the watch list. Watch me.